0: Ever wonder if you could peer into a candid conversation between two graduated unschooled moms and learn what they perceive their unschooled kids' experiences were, and also what their experiences have been as they've mothered? On today's episode, I get to introduce you to Erin Graham. Erin is the writer at everlearning.com and co-host of the podcast Virtual Kitchen Table. In this episode, we'll explore her personal journey from transitioning into homeschooling, then launching her four children, to the ever-evolving nature of homeschooling as a mom. Erin shares her evolving beliefs on education and emphasizes the importance of staying flexible and open to change. We also discuss the diversity of homeschool approaches in the community, Highlight how other families' unique methods can offer valuable insights for our own kids, even though they likely don't serve as blueprints. Erin and I reflect on the transformative impact of homeschooling on both parents and children, including increased independence, surprising displays of creativity and industriousness, and the early cultivation of a purpose-driven life. We address how homeschooling nurtures confidence and resilience by providing a safe space for kids to explore the potential without the pressures of traditional education. So welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. If we haven't met, I'm Teresa Wiedrich, the Certified Life Coach and Homeschool Mentor, found at www.capturingthecharmlife.com. It was such a pleasure chatting with Erin about our unschooled mothering experiences, and I am delighted to introduce her to you. So welcome, Erin. I have been looking forward to having a conversation with you because I feel like we already got to know each other over the, I don't know, the gram they call it. I don't know. (laughs) What do the cool people say? But so it feels like I already kind of know you. So it's a pleasure to have you here, Erin.
1: Oh, thank you, Teresa. It's really nice to be here. And you're right; it's fun to kind of get to know somebody online, and then being in real time is a whole different thing. So this is great.
0: Yeah, it really is. Welcome to my closet. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm in British Columbia. You're in Ontario. We're in the same country, and um, we. I feel like we have a very similar heart how we approach homeschooling, the whole thing, even even the nature pictures on Instagram. <laughs> Yes, the deer. (laughs) Yes, always a deer that I almost run into every single day. We live in the mountains, so we have a lot of deer. So, what what part of Ontario generally are you in? Yeah, so I'm in central Ontario. So I'm uh, a little bit northeast of Toronto. Oh, I've got a kiddo in Toronto too. Okay, three kids in Ontario. Yeah. I know. It's time for me to move there. (laughs) Yeah, well, and a lot of people here seem to move west, so there you go. (laughs) Well, may they move back. (laughs) I'd love to hear about you and your homeschool journey, where it began. You've already um, launched four kids. You're uh, a veteran homeschool mom. You've launched four kids. We call you a graduated homeschool mom. Mm,
1: I guess. I mean, I feel like that's just even the thought of that is... um, all a little bit new still, right? Because so my youngest, so my kids range in age from uh, 24 down to 18. And my daughter just turned 18 this summer. So I guess formally she would have finished, you know, her grade 12 um, and then also turned 18, which, you know, it's kind of the legal end of parenting, even though, you know, there's still (laughs) lots to think about. Um, Yeah, so I'm still kind of, I guess, new to getting my head around that idea that, yeah, <laughs> that my kids are as old as they are. Um, and that I'm kind of moving out of that part of my life.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's surreal. Yeah. They say it happens quickly. And then we in the thick of it are thinking not that fast. And now we're like, oh, wow, it went fast. I know it feels, you know, it feels like it
1: went so quickly. And I'm sure you can relate at the same time. I look back at things and I think, oh, that was so long ago. But it's it's a paradox, I guess, right? It's both.
0: Yeah, very yeah. much. so. Yeah. So, where? How did you join the ranks of homeschooling, or how did you discover homeschooling? So i I first heard about homeschooling. I had probably heard the word homeschooling, but
1: not in any sort of uh, serious way. I, had, I I I don't remember knowing much about it. Um, I first heard the word. I was out walking my oldest, and he was maybe like three or four months old. So this is like the end of 1999, beginning of 2000, probably that winter. And I was walking with another mom who had a baby, and she told me she was planning to homeschool. And um, I was just immediately intrigued by that. And then she went on to say that she had been homeschooled. And I was further intrigued because I, I you know, it's kind of like these things that you aren't even aware of that are happening. Um, and so I was, yeah, I was just really fascinated by that. And I was immediately, um, I mean, I wasn't making any hard, fast decisions when my child was three months old, but I was immediately like, hmm, that really planted a seed for me. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think, you know, even just looking back at my own, I mean, I did well in school, but I always, Craved kind of coming home and creating and doing my own thing, and so I think just even imagining that there could be another way was was pretty exciting. So I think that yeah, I, I kind of had that in the back of my mind even up until school age, and by the time my oldest was school age, I actually had met all like several several people who were um, homeschooling, unschooling. You know, everybody kind of defined what they were doing differently, but I. It's kind of, I guess, like when you buy a certain kind of car and then you realize all kinds of people have that car. It was the same kind of thing. Once I started thinking about it, it was just all over the place. I was running into people. So I think by the time my oldest was school age, um, I mean, it was still a daunting decision. It is like you're you're really moving outside of the box. And like 20 years ago, even more so. But at the same time, I. I guess there's, you know, I knew enough people and some of them had older kids. So I could see like, hmm, like, I think, I think this could be, could be a really good thing
0: for us. So that's, that's, yeah, how we kind of got going with it. So what surprised you in the homeschool journey? Mm, um. You know, I think,
1: I almost think of my homeschool journey. I'm realizing now, uh, you know, I think initially I did all that research that everybody does as as far as like, and, and I think you need to kind of arm yourself with the reasons why you're not choosing school. Right. So I was diving into, you know, John Taylor Gatto and all that kind of stuff. And then I hit a sweet spot for, I want to say almost like nine or 10 years where we were good. We, you know, I was, um, we were part of a homeschool network. I was helping facilitate that network. Um, I felt really good and really comfortable as my kids got into the high school years, you know, we started getting more questions again. So I think one of the things that surprised me was kind of how wobbly I got a little bit as we, as we kind of hit those teen years, because if you had asked me, when they were nine or 10, I was, Oh, no, you know, we're good. We we're on a really good plane here. And so I think just the work that keeps coming, like the internal work, yeah, with each new phase, and not just each new phase, but with each child, <laughs> because yeah. it's different. So I think yeah. what surprised me is there isn't like, um, it's not just something that you figure out in your good and i think yeah continuing yeah you can relate i think that's continuing to surprise me because now that i have young adult children i'm still learning yes do i relate to them because i i'm on a different excuse me trajectory than what i've seen around me as far as you know just the type of relationships i want to have with them um my and I have a much more expansive view of what adult life can look like and what their paths might look like. So that just yeah, I, I'm still really digging into the internal work.
0: I think that's a lifetime thing. Apparently- yes. But- <laughs> yes, apparently. Um, someone had asked me a question. I, I keep questions and I respond to them on in my Facebook group. And somebody had asked me a question about, um, and she's early in the homeschool years. If this homeschool thing feels like it's like really in a good space, uh, can I count on this now? This finally I got here. Will it stay here? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I think it's a motherhood thing. I don't think it's just homeschooling thing. Or I'd go further and say, I think it's a life thing. And it's always compelling you to grow. And homeschooling, I mean, how do I know to compare homeschooling to non-homeschooling motherhood? I can't, not really. But if I look at both um experiences, whether it's mine or someone else that's not homeschooling, everyone's called to growth. And so we just have to continue to sign up and go, okay, what's next? Hey, if you haven't met me yet, I'd love to meet you and learn how I can support you in your homeschool mom journey. Let me introduce you to what I offer homeschool moms. When I meet you for the first time, my goal is to clarify your challenge. I listen, I listen deeply. I reflect back what I hear to help you clarify what's going on for you. There is no singular theme, I see, because everyone is unique. However, here are a few things I frequently have conversations around. Helping homeschool moms create a plan for her big emotions. Learning to instill self-compassion and learning why we don't care about ourselves deeply already. Learning to instill boundaries both with ourselves and with others. Learning to nurture relationships, whether those relationships be with our children, our partners, or other important people. Leaning into de-schooling and child-led learning. Letting go of unrealistic expectations in our homeschools. Asking ourselves why we don't feel good enough in what we're doing anyway building our personal identity and embracing our true selves, fostering our unique creativities and learning how to express them or channel them, and clarifying our personal purpose beyond our homeschool mom role. I do this through various forms, primarily in one-on-one coaching sessions and occasionally in various group coaching programs like the Overcoming Overwhelm group coaching program that starts this week. I've created self-directed courses that you can access on your own time. This is a self-guided approach, much like reading a book, except it's a course online, except it's a book or a course, with interaction because you have me on the other side of the module chatting back and forth with you on whatever you're learning or whatever insights you gain from the course. Accompanying these courses are journaling workbooks for you to dig deeper into the topic of the course. But if you want to take a look at the journaling workbooks themselves, you can find them over on Etsy. My shop is called Homeschool Self-Care. Of course, you can listen back to any of the nearly 200 episodes on the Homeschool Mama Self-Care podcast or read about any of the topics I've mentioned above on my website, www.capturingthecharmlife.com. My goal is to help you shed what's not working so you can get out of your way and homeschool and live your life authentically, purposefully, and confidently. If you're considering life coaching or homeschool mentoring, schedule a conversation with me on the first page of my website, www.capturingthecharmlife.com. I'm looking forward to meeting you. And yesterday I was having this conversation with Bonnie Landry on an Instagram live about transitions. And she's a a 30 year veteran homeschool mom. She's homeschooled seven kids. (laughs) I know I'm like, wow. But she was sharing the transition that I've never thought about, which is when they're partnered and then they don't come back as often. Are you there?
1: I, I I'm way there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It will. And that's what I mean. It's all,
0: that's so interesting that she said that because all those other pieces, it doesn't stop. Even though the motherhood experience is really different than when they were little. Um, and then there's transitions. And just like you said, though, the transitions, even from high school to college, uh, everyone did that differently. The three of my four kids have done that very differently. Um, they engage very differently. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's just all a growth thing. It's just a life thing. But what are some of the mindset shifts that you've had over the course of your your mothering years? Hmm.
1: Um, well, I guess as it relates to, if, if I was to look at it kind of from a homeschool perspective, I think uh, very common to most people, we shift around, our perspective around what learning looks like and how, you know, kind of what kind of rhythm and I guess energy or vibe we want to have in our house, what's working for everybody. Um, and I think initially, so our, we, we started off and and have certainly circled back to it. We were very, very self-directed. That worked well, uh, especially for my oldest personality at the time. Um, and so yeah, we started off very, very self-directed. And I would say that's really been the um, base of the way we've, we've done things, but I did have uh, a couple of kids, one in particular who was really fascinated by the idea of more structured learning and curricula and that sort of thing. So then we veered into that for a couple of years and did some sort of like shared learning with a friend, you know, we would get together and do things. So I think there's been mindset shifts, um, whenever, whenever you dive into something, and it's going really well, you kind of can't imagine that, you know, you sort of think everybody should be doing it this way. This is. And so I think I, you know, I went from really loving that kind of self directed approach, and then seeing how there was some interest in some of this more uh, curriculum based learning. And so then I I thought, Oh, wow, these are beautiful curriculum, loved that for a while. And then after a while, that you know, wasn't as exciting anymore. And, and she kind of moved back out of that. So I think maybe what the mind shift would be, Teresa, is just not um pegging myself. I, I mean, I guess it's the same as the parenting thing. It's it, it changes, and it grows. Um, I think the other mind shift, and this has taken me longer, is when our kids get really interested in something and we lean into it and we invest a lot of ourselves, maybe move outside of our comfort zone with some stuff. Um, and then they move out of it yeah, or <laughs> they shift directions or, you know, I mean, an example I always think of is kind of like changing my work schedule around so that I could take them somewhere. And then, so I think just that, that there's just a mindset shift for me of, not getting too attached to any particular thing and really working just being intentional about not being resentful because the only way they can find out what they're interested in and what kind of pace works for them is for them to try to try
0: yeah to be fluid with things I think the investment that we have sometimes not not the financial investment but the um The mental or emotional investment when we see a child is really going towards a certain path and we get them set up to approach their academics in a certain way because they want to go in this, say, post-secondary direction and we think, oh, they're going into that direction and then... They don't because that is what humans do is they change their minds or they discover it's not quite what they were thinking. And and then you just have to let it be what it is. Wherever they're at is where they're at. Just like me, I don't know that I had a clear vision of what I'd be doing after I'm homeschooling. But this concept of certified life coaching, having a life coaching role, I'm not even sure that was a thing when I started homeschooling. I mean, officially it was, but it wasn't a well-known thing and so the idea of what you're going to do when you're 60 or 90 we'll see yeah so then the expectation on our children seems kind of unrealistic to say okay I see you have a deep interest in geology i will get the geology major ready we will gear your high school academics towards the science degree
1: yes absolutely well and i think you know if let's say that that let's say you did go really far down that road i think the other mindset shift for me is the way I see time if let's say that you know a child or a teen did really dive into something to the exclusion of most other things and then decided they wanted to go in another direction it you know there's nothing to say that they need to figure out their career at 18 19 whatever yeah. so yeah. I, I I guess my mindset has become more expansive is probably yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, seeing things outside the box, but, you know, being outside the box of the homeschool box too, because we, we tend to get, when we're in homeschooling, we tend to get this, um, We we take the method that we love and then we say, this is what I do and this is how I do it. And then we stick to that and then we stick that long enough to get really frustrated because it's not working for a specific child. And then we're like, well, maybe we should shift things around or completely throw it out, do another method um, or a different curriculum or whatever. And that doesn't quite work, but then it does work, but then there's another child and they're just like totally different. And then you just, so to me, I'm like, they're all informative. They all build your confidence, helping you to know how to structure your day or how to think about learning. But then the more you have time with your kids, the more you do things with your kids, actually try to put that stuff into practice, the more you realize, I'm not sure any of them matter. The methods, the curriculum, the anything, they don't matter. But you're just like we're speaking to being more fluid with the child in front of us and saying, okay, what today or what this week should we do? Yeah. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think I remember when my kids were little being at homeschool meetings and they would sometimes have older uh, families of older children come in. And I think, too, it's always it's helpful to hear people's experiences, but we can't hold too tight to what's worked for their family. I, I remember specifically one family talking about, you know, kind of how they managed um, like multiple children and kind of like recreational things and she was talking about how they would go let's say to a particular gym or 4-H might be another example and then each child would pick their individual activity and I thought oh that's great you kind of plant yourself somewhere everybody does their individual thing but that didn't really work for us because I mean there were times that did there was certainly a, a gym that worked that way maybe somebody would do swimming lessons and somebody would play basketball but by and large my kids were um, more diverse from one another in their interests, more individualized. So I had to let go a little bit of that clean and tidy. We'll go to this building yeah. and everybody will choose from, you know, A, B, or C. Um, we had, we had some of that, but
0: yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. that That is a good, good point. Because I remember going to a homeschool conference, they had a seminar, they were trying to sell us a program about financial literacy which we bought because I, and I don't buy things under those kind of scenarios usually, but he was trying to encourage homeschool families to, um, give kids more independence in how they're approaching their finances. So how to treat their finances or how to, you know, save and invest and in all the different elements. And, um, and so we bought into this. This is a really cool structure. And I had the idea at the time that if we require our kids to pay for their extracurriculars, like I'd heard in this financial class, then they would decide more clearly what they wanted and they would spend less money. And then that'd be great. Then I would spend less time driving them in the minivan. And it did exactly the opposite. They got part-time jobs. They paid for their extracurriculars and there were more extracurriculars and there was more minivan time. (laughs) So the, the formula to how they conceptualized you know, really simplifying homeschooling made it more complicated for us, even though it was useful for my kids, um, both to learn how to, you know, make money, pay for their extracurriculars meant that they actually cared about the ones they chose. And they, they let go of the things that didn't matter. But it didn't quite happen the way that I thought it would.
1: Yeah, yeah. Although I wonder if they still I may be familiar with this program. I'm not sure, Teresa, because we tried <laughs> for one of my kids interested in it. Um, and I kind of found the same thing. It didn't be, because it's being presented in a very formulaic sort of way. Right. Um, but at the same time, I think he there's some other pieces of it that I think he got something out of. But But you're right. You can listen to this sort of linear list of things that you need to do. But but then you have your own individual children who. <laughs>
0: are rather resourceful. <laughs> yes.
1: yes. And just the context of your life is. is yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That fluidity thing, I think is really important um, as homeschool moms to learn or lean into that fluidity, just kind of allowing things to be as they are, which absolutely was not my strong point and by no means was it. So apparently the universe was trying to train me to be, also flexible flexible fluid maybe it's the same thing but whatever energy that is that's not my strong suit so what things have you learned in your homeschool mm. um
1: well do you mean on like a sort of a, a personal quality level yeah. like, like yes like i should are-
0: have clarified because so many possibilities when it comes yeah. to actual well, educational <laughs> you know where right? you're,
1: you're like <laughs> a whole new education. yeah um Oh, I think, you know, when you talk about about the, the flexibility piece, I think in, in some ways I am a very flexible person and in other ways, uh, you know, I think when it comes to things like safety and those sorts of things, I, I've had to work at that to to let go, not so much physical safety, but just, I mean, I think in homeschooling, the at the risk of, of perpetuating any sort of myth, but I'm, I'm just there is the possibility that you can have a lot of control over how your days go when your kids are little, like you, you really are curating a lot of your, your time, or you can, you have the, you have the opportunity um, to do that. So I think letting go a little bit of, of some of those things and recognizing, you know, my oldest chose to go to high school his last two years, Um, you know, understanding that, gosh, even if you can create the, the best, most positive homeschool community and your kids might still be interested in other sorts of friendships or connecting with other interests and those kinds of things. So I think, I mean, I definitely think I've, I guess that's a flexibility thing too. that I've just kind of learned to stretch myself um, and not attach so much to the outcome because I think earlier on I was thinking I've, You know, put this amount of energy into something so it needs to turn out like this. (laughs)
0: 100%. I'm with you. That's a hard road. It is a hard road. It is a hard road. Because you, I don't know. I don't know if it's just like I see it as all the parenting books that I read and the culture that we, I think our generations are a little bit more similar than a lot of people I'm chatting with. Um, We had so many parenting books put in front of us not just this one, but this one is like, so representative of our early years, the what to expect when you're expecting series. So uh, why did no one write what to expect when you're expecting after your parenting years are done? But that, that entire series was like, here's how you do it in your first month, second month, third month. And that, that was my approach. I was a postpartum nurse. So I was giving people the details of what you should do when you bring your baby home. Then I bring my own baby home and realize, uh, they just let me take a baby home. <laughs> like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> but the parenting energy or like the parenting book world just says, here's the formula. If you do the formula, if you do it right enough, here will be your perfect person at the end. And that was the energy or the messaging that I received. And I see now that is not life. That is not reality. Yeah. And no, I think
1: you're right about those books and it is very formulaic. And I think that that, that um, assumption can happen within homeschooling as well. I have had quite a few people say maybe in the past year, and, and it's meant in a really positive way, but it's, you know, they'll say, you know, you know thank you for sharing. It's, it's, it's nice, almost it's nice to see that things turn out okay. Or it's nice, sort of like there's this, um, and I know what they mean, because when you begin, you, you don't know, will your kids learn to read? Will they have social relations? All those kinds of things, right? But um, yeah, I think we have to be careful that our assumption is not, that we kind of have these poster children for a certain way of doing things yeah. um, because at the end of the day, they really are their own people exactly. and homeschooling is really more our identity.
0: Yeah. It's their life. Yes.
1: For us, it's this major choice we've made. Yeah. But for them, it's just how they've grown up. Yeah. And Yeah.
0: Yeah, oh, I can, it's so many things are swirling in my head, like, where should I go in this? Because, I mean, toward the end of, say, my second, third, and fourth kid's homeschool years, Especially I remember with my second and third daughters, we'd be in somewhere public during school days. And by the end, everybody is just like, yeah, no, we just don't have a school day. They don't even want to acknowledge that I'm a homeschooler because, okay, here we have to go again and have this conversation about you're homeschooled. Like, oh, um, you know, little comments about do you like your teacher <laughs> or things like that. And they're just like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So we're just here doing errands and yeah sure there's a day off of school that's it so it's tricky i think it's tricky for kids um yeah just like you said they grow up in a certain environment it wasn't that they chose it It was our big adventure
1: yeah yeah our big adventure and and our choice to do something outside the box and and as you i think i think there must be certain lines that are common everywhere Teresa. because we would get that so much too yeah, yeah. do you like- <laughs> they'd kind of be looking what
0: <laughs> not today. <laughs> but I'm not allowed to say that so don't ask me yeah 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 yep yeah, that's tricky for sure um but what I do see though us going outside of the box like that is that they are outside of the box whether they go back to school or not whether they you know move on to post-secondary school or do whatever entrepreneurial things they're out-of-the-box thinkers and even though it is hard at a certain point watching them recognize that they have lived outside the box when they're in post-secondary school or when they move into a public or whatever high school it is hard to watch that and yet if it compels them to know deeply that they are unique individuals have who have gifts and skills and all the things that were meant to do something meaningful in this big, sweet, complicated, hard life, then I'm like, bring it. I would rather offer that to them than to walk, you know, throughout their life without really considering why they're doing it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. and, And I think that there's a period of time probably where there's You know, obviously it it would vary and it might not be the case, but I think there's probably a period of time where kids are more sensitive to being outside the box. But I do think I've noticed that passes a little bit and they start to observe the benefits of really being comfortable with who they are. And I think, you know, I think we've seen that with, you know, for example, at the the post-secondary level, just the ability to manage their own time, the they actually start to realize that it's quite different when you've been when you've had a real say in your own education for a lot of years. Yeah. There, there's some skills there that not, not everybody has. And so I think it circles around a little bit. Um, and I notice that even in because I think we always talk about, you know, i saying we, but like, in general, it's talked about, you know, when they grow up, so jobs and education and those sorts of things. But I just notice that even in their, um, just different parts of their life, their willingness to try things that I don't even wouldn't even have thought about. Um, Like my daughter's been creating sort of an art studio setting, but it's all she's she's wanting it in the well it's kind of like in her bedroom at the same time so just trying to figure out a new bed new storage and it's a long story but um she had it all drafted out and it's it's the bed she wanted isn't going to work whatever and when I got home last night she had done two different drafts like I mean really high, like all kinds of details about measurements and she sketched it where she wanted everything. And I said, well, this looks pretty specialized. Are you going to have this bed made so that it can have this kind of storage? And she said, well, I can't, she said, I can't seem to find anywhere that has it. So I'm just going to make it. I said, Oh, okay. You know, (laughs) (laughs) so my other son does woodworking. So she said, you know, I've already talked to him and you know, I think he, dad, and I can build it. So I thought, okay, that's interesting. So I said, okay, will it be will it need a custom mattress? Is it like a standard twin? You know, what is it? And she said, I can't quite find the size. So she said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make the mattress. And she said, I found the fabric for, you know, for what I want to put over the foam. And then she said, I think it's going to need, like an additional pillow over top. So and it like, I'm not a crafty person. So this isn't something, it's not as though she's grown up with all this. I mean, she has done sewing because she's chosen to, but it's not anything that I've really yeah. passed on to her. So to, I, I got thinking about it because she hasn't done woodworking. Like she has done quite a bit of sewing. She has done woodworking, but it's not like she said, I asked my brother to make it for me. She was like, you know, we'll, we'll work together. And I got thinking, you know, it's really not about the skill itself it's about the willingness in just a really matter of fact way to be like, Oh, this isn't quite working. Yeah. So I'll just do it. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's related to homeschooling, but I think there are a lot of pieces of it that are. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, because we haven't chatted about things like this before and I have conversations like this with many different people and have over many years. And I'm sure you have too. And so I see the commonality Not that my specific child is into woodworking, although my youngest is, but, um, not so much about woodworking or about sewing. Um, but it's more about thinking outside the box or like, I can make something happen or why can't I do something? Like, let's just try to figure it out. More of a scientific, curious mind because we facilitated it. And I, I think there's like this cultural myth that says, um, teenagers are bored. And they're just like that because that's what teenagers are. They're just bored and they are always looking for peers to interact with. And they're kind of listless and hoping to just like seize their life after they're done their high school years. And I don't disagree that that is common. I just don't think that that is, it doesn't have to be. But perhaps the reason that is happening is because they're in this con you know, very concrete system that says, here's the next thing you need to do. And their like deep life purpose or sense of aliveness or curiosity or whatever gets stamped out because they're forever having to just go through the system of this is the next thing that you have to do. And then when you're at their high school graduation, which I was for my third daughter this year, then, and I, it was very, um, impressive or, um, the thing that he said was impressed me, but not in a, um, let me say that differently. It really struck me as, whoa, here's why I'm homeschooling, or here's why I wanted to do this life. Because what I heard him say was now you get to go live your lives. And I was like, wait, what? Why are we making kids be in the system so they can do all the checks and balances and then graduate with a diploma and then they live their lives? That that seems really, uh, I won't make a comment what it seems like to me. It just doesn't seem right. It, se- it seems off to me.
1: Yeah. And when, you, I mean, so here in Ontario, we have junior and senior kindergarten. So if I think about that's it's like 14 years yeah. of caring yeah. to live life when so many of those things you could be doing. You could be doing You could, them. Be, you could just yeah. be doing, and you know, they might not work, like this might not work, but that's okay. It, she, she's not worried about, it. she's, it, it's not, it just makes sense to give it a try, right? Like, and that's the other thing is not having this fear of failure,
0: Um yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, I'm. I, so what do you think that is? Because I'm, I'm seeing it as they're obviously not surrounded with a peer community the same way. And so they're not always looking, what do you think? What do you think from the peers? Yeah. yeah so I
1: think the peer thing is absolutely part of it. And I think the other thing is not having grown up with everything being graded or right or wrong, right? Yeah. Because you, you could, like, just to take this bad example, one piece of it could go well, and the other couldn't, or maybe not go to how you, you observe it, there's so much gray in life. But I think that that school mindset is it's right, or it's wrong. Yeah, you mm-hmm. met the criteria, or you haven't, you pass or you fail. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, you know, people, I've certainly gotten questions more when they were younger about whether we did testing, which we we. We didn't, but, you know, we lived pretty naturally and um, we didn't do testing. And I I haven't found, you know, if I think about, um, I don't know, the written driver's test or, you know, post-secondary stuff or, you know, my kids did some uh, credits to get prerequisites for testing has never been a big stress. Really? at all I mean I think they were maybe a little bit nervous but not yeah it all. I think it's almost made it easier than if they
0: part of the reason that they're more confident is because they are accustomed to being seen and heard and being noticed as a human and when they're in in a school classroom, this is no, never when I speak about schools, am I trying to speak against schools, but I have the experience, many other people have the experience of feeling like they are just one of a number of numbers. And maybe they're known somewhat by a teacher, but it isn't, it isn't the kind of relationship that we have with our kids or can have with our kids that makes them feel seen and heard and that they matter and where we delight in their curiosities. We delight in them exploring things and and deciding, could I make a bed? And You're like, could you make a bed? Didn't even think about that idea. I've not ever thought about that. And we delight in that sort of thing. And they experience us noticing and delighting and all of that. And maybe that's the reason they don't think twice about, well, why not? Like, why can't I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And there's,
1: there's no evaluation on the end of it, yeah. except except for their
0: own. Yeah. Uh, the bed stays up. Yeah. Um, to the <laughs> we're
1: looking for. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, may it stay up. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely an Instagram post I want to see. <laughs> the end result yeah. of the bed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, there's so many possible mindset shifts that we can have, um, on this journey. It's hard to know whether or not something was specific to the homeschool environment or not, or if this was like, um, experience of many mothers having different shifts in our mindsets. But I'm curious also about your, um, identity, your experience of what it was like to go from, you know, young mother to homeschool mom. I know you were a social worker, or do you still act as a social worker right now? You do. Okay. So then the shifts in your identities, have you had an experience with that?
1: Yeah. I And I think if I look at the kind of the early years into the school years, um, you know, I, I get we were part of a fairly... You know, I, I guess I don't know if the terminology is attachment parenting anymore, but at the time that was that was the the word. Um, and so several of those people did go into homeschooling. So I think that that identity piece was more around the, the way I parented than the actual home homeschool. From an I, I mean, certainly we had lots of questions to answer to lots of people, but as far as my actual identity, I think that. Those early years were pretty um, seamless. I think. I think I've always struggled a little bit between paid work and homeschooling, in that neither group necessarily recognizes the other side of me. So I felt a little bit divided, you know, at, a little bit divided at times. But I, it really started to hit me late spring. I think I, I don't think it's on my blog, but I think I put something about it on on Instagram that yeah the amount that we the amount of ourselves that we pour into this and and at no time actually did I ever think about like I I wasn't I I wouldn't honestly say that recognition was something that was on my mind but it really did hit me this year how it had been these two decades and there's no doesn't matter to anybody else it matters to people in the homeschool world mm-hmm. it, right like we, we get that yeah. <laughs> you know kind of the shift of having um this really big amount of educational responsibility yeah and not even though you're not you're not a different person with your child but technically you've moved past the point that that anything is is like legally expected of you But outside of of like the home education world, nobody. It's it's kind of irrelevant to people, and I think it made me realize that I cared way too much about what people thought early on, because those people are you know some of them even care yes yes (laughs) right so so I think it 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 definitely um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was another piece I was just gonna say to that Teresa, and I can't it's not coming to me now. Um oh gosh, I don't know. Maybe it'll come back to me. But but yeah, that I it definitely kind of hit me this spring when I realized really where we were at the point in our journey. Um yeah, oh I know what it was. I did mention to somebody kind of the end of spring. She was just asking about my time and what the kids were up to. Uh And I said, well, you know, I'll be kind of formally finished my homeschool years. And she, her, her, it was almost like relief. She's like, oh, well, thank goodness for that. And I thought, oh, that's so interesting, right? Because I know lots of of moms who it's really, it's a loss. There's some grief. There's a huge transition. Yeah. That that for other people, it's a task Mm -hmm. that... You've, you know, sacrificially taken on. Not that there's not some of that, but yeah, that was a funny moment for me. I
0: thought, yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. I, I joked for a long time that I should just have more babies and do this homeschool thing again. And I continued to make that joke until the last couple months when now people are looking at me blank, going, You mean you can have babies still? <laughs> so I'm like, Maybe I'll stop making that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Usually yes, probably not. <laughs> yeah. that's right. There the expectations. <laughs> yes. But you know, oh, I'm going to stay in this space for a long time. I know it cuz um because when I talk about nurturing the nurturer, um I think that that's something that we really need to do as homeschool moms for ourselves, but uh I'm an enneagram type 2 and that is a nurturer and me as a nurturer like that's I just love doing it. I love doing that, that, you know, being part of that um, emotional, mental space for people and saying here, you know, let's not even actually not advice. I was going to say, let's do something, but more listening to people's hearts and saying, okay, how can I hold this with you or walk alongside you and help you clarify how to go to the thing or clarify the thing or grow into the thing? that you're being called to. And I I really love that. So I know I'll be in this space for a long time, at least I'm expecting to. and, um, But I don't know how it'll take its form, hopefully out of the closet, <laughs> get some headsets and uh, do it somewhere else. So everyone doesn't have to enjoy my closet. But um, what's your transition? Do you see that there is a shift in how you're going to be doing things differently or, or things going to be very similar for you?
1: Like, in terms of how I'm spending my time, um yeah, I have been thinking about that a lot and just just reflecting because the the work that I do within social work is actually not that different. I do family facilitation and kind of big life planning with people, so it's sort of um I work with adults who have disabilities or families with and so it really is kind of like it's almost like unschooling for adults. So right. I do enjoy it. Yeah. It's really, I mean, there's often more complexity to it than that. But that is sort of the, the piece of it. So I do see that continuing to be part of my life. But I also um, do feel really pulled to continuing to figure out, you know, different ways of connecting with younger families, even families with kids that are older, like mine or, or slightly younger. Um, I think Many more people are starting to move toward the idea of choice in education, just kind of figuring out what's out there, even if their kids are in school, just thinking outside the box, you know, from a parenting perspective. So I definitely, um, yeah, I do see myself continuing to be involved. I haven't quite figured out, I I have pockets of things that I'm doing now, um, but I'm still kind of trying to figure out how that will play out, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, into life, right? Things keep shifting and changing. Yeah, yeah. Or is there advice that you would give to moms that are in a transition, specifically the um, moving from a high school child or high school age child, launching them into the next phase of their lives? Hmm.
1: Um, yeah, yes. And I almost feel like this sounds like a little bit of a paradox. But I think while connection continues to be so important, I think I had sort of pictured, I mean, I knew I would still spend time with my kids. I knew I'd still be in contact, but I don't think I realized how important just really having that connected relationship would be. So on the one hand, I would say still carve out time, even if they don't take you up on it, have it available some somewhere whether that's taking calls or texting or planning to go to concerts together whatever that looks like is really to not assume that that connection is going to be less because your kids are getting older so the connecting piece is really big and then at the same time I think really figuring out who you are as well and and that sounds like a tall order when you've been Parenting for a long time, but just noticing those things that you really enjoy doing. I've been trying to do that more. Um, you know, the more clear I am, I guess, in myself as a person, the less likely I am to be um, hmm, in the way of my children moving into their own
0: individuality. So, so true. That, that is, is so true. All that confusing, but it's. No, I get it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah. This is actually, that was the fifth day of my wellness challenge is about you becoming more you. Because okay. I really do think there, and this, I came into motherhood with the desire to create a family that felt nourishing for me. So you can see where that would create a lot of problems (laughs) because it turns out it isn't just about me and, and how things are going to play out and how I would do the right things and the right things would be produced or whatever, just like we were speaking to and um, creating this perfect trouble-free life. And now I realize that's not real. Growth was required And I was someone beyond the homeschool mom role. I was someone beyond the mom role. And that's why I encourage people to find 15 minutes. If you've got really little kids, 15 minutes a week, start with that. And then start with that 15 minutes and say, what do you want to do with it? If that means just sit in a cafe like I did with a coffee and then write everything down because I don't know what to do with it, but I need to put this overwhelm somewhere, then do that. And then let it build and then get curious if you want to take a drawing class or you were saying going to the art gallery. I would love to go to the art gallery with you, by the way. Um, I'm all about that. Do that like once a week, once a month, schedule it with yourself. Because whoever you are beyond all the roles that you play, um, that will be with you when you're finished your homeschool journey.
1: Absolutely. You, you will be with yourself the rest of your life, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And your kids need to, to be them and do their own thing.
0: Yeah. And that, that is directly tied to how we engage our kids because however we um, our relationship with ourselves is our relationship with everybody else. And uh, you know, we naturally project that outward. And so then if we're giving ourselves a lot of space to be who we are, Um, freedom to explore and not stay with something, you know, that geological thing I was speaking to in the beginning, we're not going to stay with it just because we had an interest when we were seven, Um, then just let us free flow, be as fluid as we allow our kids to be fluid or in reverse, allow ourselves to be fluid. And then we naturally allow them to be more fluid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big (laughs) circle. It really is. Yeah. It was a real pleasure to chat with you. So many interesting discussion points.
1: Oh, I really enjoyed this, Teresa. Thank you. It it feels like um, it's an interesting stage of life and I, it's it's fun to talk to somebody who's at a very similar point. So thank you.
0: Yeah. Well, I would love to hear where we can find you online. Um, My experience oftentimes, if I'm in a certain space like Instagram we're speaking to here, I feel like wherever I am, most people that you know, I know, anyways, and we're all kind of in the similar realms. But um, where do we find you online? Uh, sure. You know? So um, I have
1: a website, uh, everlearning.ca. So I do some blogging there, and you can also um, you can link there to a podcast that I'm part of with uh, Haley from Taking a Kinder Path and Ashley of Ashley's Mama. So you can link there, or you can find it on you know, podcast places, um, like Apple and Spotify and all that stuff. Um, I also co-host an online community, uh, unschooling together and yeah, I, and I am on Instagram, which is how we, we connected. And oh my goodness, I think that's double underscore ever learning double underscore.
0: I think, yeah. <laughs> awesome. It's such a pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you.
1: Thank you teresa
0: and i hope this podcast episode has been encouraging to you as well i would love to hear what your experience was were you surprised to hear some of the things we discussed are there things you'd like to add or are there questions you'd like to continue asking You're welcome to send me a message. You can find me at Instagram and Facebook at Homeschool Mama Self-Care. Join me in the Homeschool Mama support group on Facebook. You can join the paid community Homeschool Mama support group on Patreon. In this paid support group, you'll find weekly Homeschool Mom rooms where we offer support, connection, workshops, and book clubs too. And every day you'll get encouragements too to help you show up on purpose, authentically, confidently, and purposefully in your homeschool life. And if this podcast was an encouragement for you, would you share it with someone you know would benefit? Or would you consider sharing a review on Spotify or Apple? All the show notes and resources discussed in this episode can be found at www.capturingthecharmlife.com. Until next week. I hope for you and your homeschool kids that you can turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. You got this, girlfriend.